Christmas. Hey, there you go. If you were with us online, I wasn't just like miming. That's not what we did for Christmas at our house. Um, boy, it is good to be here today. I know we got babies and kids in the room today, and so I just want to share a Christmas morning devotional with us all. And uh, as we do that, um, we'll sneak back into uh, the day and just carrying what we have begun in here out throughout the day. Um, the Lord has allowed it to be warm this morning. Did anyone walk outside and say, man, 40 degrees feels really warm all of a sudden? <laughs> Lord of mercy, Scott Mills, I know how your life is now. He's like, this is great. Well, listen, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today, a little bit after Christmas in that, in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, if you have your Bible, you can follow along with us. Um, if not, that's okay. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the first thing that we know that Mary and Joseph gave after Christ was born. <clears throat> and so it made me think about this, and boys and girls, I want to know, um, and if you're not a, a child in here, you're a teenager or an adult, you're allowed to play this game as well, but... I want to know if you've opened a present for Christmas, I just want you to tell me what one of those presents is, was, okay? So on the count of three, start thinking of a present now that you got this morning. I've already got mine in my head, all right? I won't yell mine because I'm amplified. But I want to know on the count of three, I want to know what present you have received already for Christmas. Are you ready? Everybody's got it in your hand? Anyone need more time? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Oh, that's awesome. Y'all, that's great. I got a grill light. Who's jealous? A grill, not a girl, a grill light <clears throat> this morning. Man, what an awesome day. So when I was thinking about Christmas and Christmas presents and Jesus coming in, part of my thought was, is like, what is our part in Christmas? And we have this story a little bit after Jesus was born. And I was reading through it, and I thought very interestingly about the Magi, because they're always at my nativity. And, I, you know, we don't know if they were really at the nativity or not. You know, I've heard lots of things. Seminary professors have, pro, you know, thought about things and told me things. But I'll be honest with you, when I read this passage of Scripture, I think I decided on my stance on this. So if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Let's just read verse 22 uh, through 24 this morning. The Bible says this, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that's Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him, Jesus, to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, I don't know if you've ever just glazed by this passage. You know, we normally stop before this because Christmas is in there. Mary's pondered all these things in her hearts, and we move into the new year. But when I was thinking about this, I thought, that's interesting, because a pair of two pigeons or turtle doves, that was the poor person's offering. That wasn't what, if you, if you had money, there was a different type of offering that you had to give. But if you couldn't afford that, God wasn't saying you're not worthy because you don't have money. He's saying, I want you to know this is the offering that you're going to bring. And the offering that they brought was a poor offering. And in that moment when I read it, I thought maybe the Magi didn't make it yet. They didn't have gold. They didn't have frankincense or myrrh. They couldn't have bought the more expensive thing. If, ladies, this is just a fair question. If you just gave birth to the Savior of the world, the Son of God made flesh, would you be cheaping out on your first offering? Oh, y'all didn't answer. 
So next week we're talking about tithing. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I just thought if that was my house, I'm Joseph. I'm like, I'm buying the best of the best. Like, bring it, bring it. And I, I just thought I, if Mary and Joseph would have had gold, frankincense, and myrrh by this point, then I don't think they would have done the poor offering. But the poor offering was still pleasing to the Lord. Because God has never been concerned with how much, how many, or how big of something we can bring. As we think about this, we have had many smiles at Christmas, and we have had many tears at Christmas. Anyone had any tears at Christmas ever before? Yeah? Anyone ever had children cry tears at Christmas before? Some of you guys? Yeah. Hey, I want you to know, I know there were things I begged for because the world was going to end and I wouldn't have any friends if I didn't get it. You know what I mean for Christmas? But how many Christmas presents do you really remember? 100. I like it. See, the older we get, the sharper we are not. I just tried to think, I could think of, I mean, I could guess at some, but I've got one. So if you had two zeros, we're the same. But I've talked to you about my black soccer ball with gold markings on it. I, I'm sure I got a Nintendo or an Atari, or for some of you, an Atari 2600 back in the day. I'm sure I got all kinds of junk, but I don't remember those things. Because it's not about how much, how many, or how big. And none of them, not even the black soccer ball, changed my life. In fact, I'll tell you, the, the most incredible moments of Christmas morning that I spent with my children were when they were toddlers, and they were just in awe that they could crawl into the box. They didn't even care what was in it. In fact, they would hope we would empty it out so they could hang out and we could build stuff in it. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about what we have to bring. And so I just started to think, if that's the case, then what's our role in Christmas? What's our role as we walk with Christ? And there's a man named Simeon I just want to talk with you about for just a few moments. But I thought, here's a good example of what you and I are supposed to think, live, act, and breathe as we head towards the rest of the day and next year. Look in your Bible at verse 25. God's word says this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this, <clears throat> and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Here's what I thought. When I, when I looked at Simeon, I thought, here's a man who's older and, and, and he's righteous and he's devout. He's obviously a God-honoring man. And what part does he play in this story? Mary and Joseph at least are bringing an offering. Simeon's, he's just there. He's just righteous. But this is what it says. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that's what I thought the first thing we have to do. See, the word waiting is a lot like if you have a child under age 10. If you have a single digit child in your home, waiting is what your children did for you to get out of bed this morning. Right? They might have been weeping and gnashing of teeth. You may, anyone want to hear footsteps, foot, 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 footsteps upstairs this morning? bouncing around anyone here whispering anyone's kid try to sneak out of their room even though you gave them death threats anybody that was us waiting doesn't mean sitting in church boys and girls like this very quietly and very still 
waiting here, the Greek word means that he was looking forward to it. Meant he was looking favorably, excited for the consolation of Israel. And the word consolation means comfort. Here's what this picture is. Simeon was coming every day to the temple in the spirit of God to worship because every day he was looking forward to receiving the promised present that the Messiah would come and God's word would be kept. Church, I thought that was the first thing. The part that we have to play in Christmas isn't tradition it isn't dressing up those are great things but the part we have to play is to hold on to the promise and if you're in here this morning if you're watching online i already know i don't have to guess like you you've chosen promise holding to be some part of your christmas day and i would tell you that that was righteous when simeon did it and that's righteous when we do it and so maybe getting up and coming to church this morning or maybe your daily Bible study isn't always like kids waiting on Christmas morning but I'm telling you if you've been in church in a long time wear a three-piece suit and button it down tight that's the biblical picture of how we're supposed to wait for Jesus Christ look at verse 26 this is what the Bible says about Simeon And it had been revealed to him, this is Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You know, the next part I have is, it's not just holding on to God's promise for us, redemption of all creation, but it's also believing that God has a promise for you. He has a promise for you as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a child, as a teenager, as a grandparent. If your body is broken, if your mind is getting weak, God still has a promise for you. And what I think scripture says you can do is you can believe that God has a promise and his promises for you are good, holy, and true. I thought about Simeon and it's easy to read the Bible in one dimensional, but but it's much more favorable to me to read it realistically because if I was Simeon and I was getting old and my health was failing and I chose to believe God's promise I would see the Messiah before I died I think I would wonder sometimes I wonder if I've already seen him and missed him have you ever had that thought that would be me like God I believe you're true but what happens if I miss him You know, Simeon didn't let his anxiety about what, whether he would know or not know temper his believing. He just chose to believe. See, I think a lot of times that we can find ourselves on Christmas focused on this visible aha moment. And if that doesn't satisfy, if it's not there, if the right presence not in the box, the whole thing's lost. But Simeon's righteous and God shows us his part on this day was just to believe that God's promises for him were true and to let God bring those promises true in his timing. So your part on Christmas, I would say, is hold to the promises of God for his people and don't give up on God's promise to you because he made you specific and unique. And now catch this, this is the, this is the kicker of it all. Look in your Bible at verse 27 to verse 32. 
the Bible says it this way. And he, Simeon, came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus, uh, <clears throat> child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, now, Lord, now you're letting your, depart, your servant depart in peace according to your word for you... For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared for the uh, presence of all people. A light of revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled about what was said to him. And Simeon blessed them. Now, here's the benefit. If you're, if you're one of those people like me, wondering if you'll actually ever see or know if you've seen God's promises come to fruition, the Spirit of God knows the mind of God. And what Scripture says is that Simeon came into the temple in the Spirit. And when the Son of God comes into the room, the Spirit of God cannot miss it. Because we worship one God, Father, Son, and Spirit. They don't have schizophrenia where one's acting, the other one doesn't know it. It's what, He's one God. And so when you and I come into the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in the power and humility and the Spirit of God you will not miss what God has prepared for you on Christmas you won't miss it you can't miss it <laughs> in the same ways you couldn't miss the sound of your children this morning The Spirit of God is not blind to Himself. So, what's your role in Christmas? One, hold to the promise of God for His people. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be born, to live, and to die for you, not to simply bring you a better life, but to give you life to the full now and one day and into eternity. Hold on to that. In fact, what I would tell you is when you leave this place, when you wake up tomorrow, when you come to church next week or have your Bible study, forget what old man Pergrudgeon said how you were supposed to act in church. Quiet, solemn, semi-angry like your wife doesn't know how to cook. Let your reverence be seen in your waiting. That you can't wait that today might be the day. You could be waking up for the very first time ever in just a moment. And if God doesn't in that moment provide that promise, then you believe. That means that God wants you to see his plan for you personally, even before that happens. And don't be afraid, you're not gonna miss it. Because if you are walking and living in the spirit of God, he always recognizes his handiwork.
today's closing will be a little bit different. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, after church is over and dismissed, we'll linger. But I want your children, and I want you, I want your families, as you leave this place, to leave with energy. It's reverent, it's okay. Senior adults, let these young ones see what wisdom looks like because you know how to wait with more fun and vigor than most people I know we serve a king who gave us a part to play in Christmas just to love him and trust him to believe him and to walk with him let's pray Father God we love you so much thank you for this morning Thank you that, that Mary and Joseph brought turtle doves this poor offering. We don't have anything to give to you, God, that's of worth. So let our offering just be our expectancy, our holding on to your promise, our believing your word for us, and our daily walk with you in the Spirit. Or that even feels a little selfish. Because when I walk with you in the spirit, when I soak with you through your words, I know I'm the one that's really getting the presence. But like a good father on Christmas morning, it's not about the grill light in the box that I'm excited about. So Father God, we know that when we come to you and we open the promises that you have prepared for us, you've chosen to let that be your joy. So we praise you for it. In Jesus' name.